Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. I um, I know it's a little late. Uh, typically, I try to record on Saturday, but, you know, weekends happen, life happens. I'm still getting you a weekly episode, so deal with it. Just kidding. Uh, thank you for listening. So, uh, pretty short show today. There's not a lot of uh, big news. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of the baseball, tech baseball. Um, we'll get a little bit into the McCuller situation um and then just a little nugget of uh tech football over under and we'll talk a little bit uh, more about some other stuff with tech football then we've got our listener questions and then we've got the chris carpenter tip of the week and then i i also have an announcement uh, regarding this summer uh summer uh for me will start um as of well wednesday is the last day with students thursday um, is a teacher work day but it'll officially start for me this Thursday. And so I'm going to do some experimenting this summer, some fun stuff that hopefully uh, y'all will y'all will listen to. So anyway, let's jump right into it. Tech Baseball. Um, Tech Baseball played uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week against Oklahoma. And, you know, there's not a lot of mincing words. Um, it was a pretty disappointing series overall for Tech. Um, they ended up losing two out of three. It was their second series loss in Big 12 play. Um, you know, they got swept by TCU and then lost two out of three to Oklahoma. Um, it was just, it was a mess. And and what was the uh, the biggest, I think, surprise of this weekend series was your top two pitchers, Morris and Birdsell, Birdsell, they, uh, they, uh, they didn't, they didn't get the win. Now, a lot of it, I'm not going to pin the blame on them. Um, you know, the, the hitting for Tech was not top notch um, on Thursday and Friday. You also had just some, I mean, pretty horrifically bad uh, fielding errors. It just, it was Thursday and Friday were very rough games to watch. And, and, you know, tech, tech had their struggles. Um, You know, they were able to come back yesterday. And so there's a little bit of a silver lining. They were able to come back yesterday and and win um, with uh, Chase Hampton on the mound. That's very encouraging. So we've now had uh, two games in a row. Third game, th- the third game starter, Chase Hampton, and he has pitched very solidly. And so that, if if he can pitch the way he's pitched the last two weeks when Tech gets into regional uh, play. You know, you've you've got a very good shot at, at at winning a regional. You know, I've talked about it on here before that the regional is going to be a harder uh, task for Tech to win than than if they were able to get to a super regional, just because of the pitching uh, issues we've seen this year. You know, you're 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 pretty solid. You've been pretty solid with Morris and Birdsell. Um, you've had issues finding that Sunday starter. You know, Hampton has been out. And he's had some injuries and trying to recover. Is he back to where he where he needs to be? I, you know, these last two weeks seems like maybe he is. If that's true, then you know you're in pretty good shape at that point. Uh, you're not in great shape because your bullpen is, is still hit and miss. Um, you know, but I would you know even even some of the bullpen pitchers um, coming out of the bullpen last two weeks. You know, Molina has looked strong. Um, certainly I think Becker gave you some good, uh, you know, good, uh, work, um, bridges has done pretty well. You know, it's, what's going to be tough is you, you've lost Trendon Parrish probably for the year. 
Um, if you could somehow, and, and the T- Tim Tadlock seemed to indicate that this could be a possibility. Um, if you're able to get, um, you know, Gurton back, that's another, that's another uh, pitcher that you got in there. Um, but, you know, um, it, it's the, the encouragement from this series was Hampton was able to uh, back up last week's outing with another pretty solid outing. Um, and, you know, the bats finally came alive um, yesterday as well, which was a frustration. You know, you didn't have that good situational hitting. It was back to what we've been seeing when this team struggles is you you, you were stranding too many um, base runners um, on base and you didn't have as uh, you didn't have that yesterday um, certainly so um, this may have been a situation you know Oklahoma just may have your number this year you know Oklahoma uh, beat Tech in the in a midweek series back in April in Amarillo and so now Oklahoma's won three of four against Tech Oklahoma's a good team I mean they were they were uh they were they had a chance to clinch the Big 12 championship up a share of it yesterday and you know they didn't get it done because Tech was able to beat them so I mean Oklahoma is still a very solid team and you're going to you're going to you'll probably will see them in the Big 12 tournament um coming up and so let's talk a little bit about postseason we're here um you know does the Big 12 tournament really matter most experts say no, um, so I would not be surprised if you see. First of all, I don't, I don't think you're going to see Morris Birdsell and um, Chase Hampton pitching at least certainly game one and game two. Um, really, I don't see them pitching at all. To be honest with you, um, I think you're going to see some midweek what you, what's been your midweek starters, which we've we've seen how that's worked out. It will not shock me if Tech. Tech goes uh, two and done, and they're, you know, done with the tournament. Um, there's really, I don't think it's going to benefit Tech any to go deep in this big in this conference tournament. I don't think you're gonna. I don't think the NCAA committee is going to reward you with a uh, hosting a regional because you win the Big Twelve tournament. And so at this point, it's really more about. Um, Let's let's have our pitching staff ready to go for the regional. Tech's gonna have to go on the road and win a regional, and and probably most likely have to go on the road and win a super regional if they get to that point. And so you've got to re- let's set up our pitching and be ready to go. You know when the regional starts. Now as far as um, where they may go, uh, D one baseball just released their projections. And their latest projection has Tech going to College Park um, to be part of the Maryland Regional. That's not a bad draw for Tech. I think that's certainly a very winnable regional. Um, I'd be fine with that, honestly. That that would be a, a pretty decent regional to be in. Tech would be the two seed. Um, Liberty would be the four seed. And I'm, I'm looking up right now to see where exactly... Um, they would go, or excuse me, not where they would go, but who else would be in that region? And yeah, behind the scenes, Chris Carpenter's show. Uh, do, 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 do. All right, here we are. I have a I have a lot of Twitters I follow. Uh, so it'd be Tech would be the two seed, Liberty would be the three seed, Fairfield would be the four seed. 
I think that's a winnable regional. You then would be matched up with the Charlottesville regional. Um, you'd have uh, Virginia, Penn, Oklahoma, Old Dominion. Now, how how wild would that be if if it's uh, if both Tech and Oklahoma win their regional, and then you got to face Oklahoma in the Super? I don't know. Could that? I think that could happen. Who knows? But um, yeah, you're you're having to go on the road. I think no matter what. Now it's a matter of let's let's get into a regional that's winnable and i i do think the college park regional could be winnable for tech especially if you've got hampton pitching the way he's pitching um i think you're in a good you're in a good position but you know we'll we'll see what happens i think this team they have the talent they have the pieces that they need to make a deep run it's just a matter of execution um would i be shocked if they lose in the regional no. Would I be shocked if they go to Omaha? No, I wouldn't be. I, I, um, it's just going to depend on matchups and execution. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. So um, let's talk a little bit about tech basketball. Really, the, there's not going to be a lot of big news because we're in a dead period right now with recruiting. Um, I believe it's May 27th. Or 29th is is the end of that dead recruiting period, and so you, you might see some more uh, uh, action in the transfer portal. Um, obviously, the big news this week um, had to do with Kevin McCuller um, announcing officially he's going to Kansas. Um, this isn't a surprise to me after he had made it known he wasn't coming back to Tech, and Gonzaga and Kansas were his two uh, finalist schools. Um, and officially, by the way, McCuller's still in the NBA, but... Um, if he doesn't go to the NBA, he's going to go to Kansas. He's going to go to Kansas. I, you know, I don't think there's any ifs, ands, or buts about that. I don't think he's going to stay in the NBA. Um, so it's it wasn't a surprise to me, especially after McCuller had made his intentions known that he wasn't coming back to Tech and then it was going to come down to Gonzaga, Kansas. Um, I'm disappointed. Um, I, I don't have the vitriol towards McCuller that some people do. Apparently, Twitter lit back up again against him. Uh, you know, I didn't really see any of that because I just I don't pay attention to Twitter replies um, to people's personal Twitter account. And I guess the people I follow that are tech basketball fans are a little bit more sane. I don't know. I'll say this. I wish McCuller the best. I'm gonna if I'm at the Kansas Tech game at the USA, I'll boo the heck out of him. Um, but I don't, I don't put him in the same category as Chris Beard. And I, I've, I've, I've heard that when he first announced that Kansas was a potential that oh he's like Chris Beard. No, he's not like Chris Beard. Yes, he's going to a Big Twelve rival, which is a little rough. But understand that the difference between what Beard did and what McCuller or other people have done is Beard tried to blow up the Texas Tech basketball program as he was leaving. He stole computers. He basically took everything, you know, every piece of information, took recruits with him, tried to persuade all, you know, the, the Tech basketball team, all the players to go join him in Austin. He has undermined Mark Adams in recruiting over and over again. Um, he's tried to blow up the program. McCuller isn't trying to blow up the program. McCuller is going to Kansas because he feels like that is going to give him a better opportunity to make it in the NBA draft next year. 
And so that's why he's doing that. Do I agree with it? I don't know about that, but he's not trying to blow up the tech basketball program. Now, if he had done like what Baker Mayfield did and kept griping and complaining about, you know, how Cliff treated him or how Coach Adams treated him in McCuller's case, then I would have probably a, maybe a more vitriol towards McCuller. I don't. Um, you know, I'm grateful for McCuller's three years at Tech. Um, am I disappointed he's not going to be wearing a Tech uniform? Absolutely. Am I more disappointed that he's wearing Kansas uniform next year? Yeah. Will I boo him when he's at the USA? Yes, I will. But I don't compare him to Beard. He's still a Tech. He's still a Red Raider, you know. Uh, Beard is – he – Beard tried to destroy the program. McCuller's not. So it is what it is. Like I said, when when the news leaked out two, three weeks ago, I, I had already written him off going to Kansas. So when he announced, it was like, okay, well, whatever. So um, anyway, that's really the only big basketball news this week. Oh, and one more piece of news. We did get the announcement of the Big 12 Big East opponent for Tech, and it's going to be Georgetown. Georgetown's going to be coming to the USA this week. I'm excited. You know, there were some fans that were like, well, Georgetown, they're terrible. They didn't win a Big East game. It's just Tech should have a better opponent than that. Here's here's the goal with this Big 12 Big East challenge. Um, Number one is to put put forth – um, compelling games, and I think it is a compelling matchup. You've got Patrick Ewing as the head coach. You're going to get a very, I think, well-attended game out of it at the USA. Um, and, you know, Georgetown, who knows? I think they're supposed to be a little bit better this year. I don't think your RPI is going to be take a hit playing Georgetown. You know, now are you going to get a good RPI bump from it? Probably not. But you never know. I didn't think you'd get a big bump from playing Providence, but Providence was a very solid um, team last year in the Big East. So it's fine. You know, now now it'll be interesting to see who Tech plays in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. They will have to go on the road, so it'll be interesting to see who they end up. I will say this about the Big 12 Big East Challenge. They really dropped the ball not having Marquette in Texas play. That would have been fun. That would have made for compelling television. But here's here's my uh, in- inferencing skills being put to work here, and here's my uh, here's my suspicion is Beard and UT Del Conte, Mr. CDC, um, probably poo pooed that idea. I'm sure Shaka Smart would have been all about playing UT, but Texas, like I said, they've morphed into a little bit of Aggie Aggie like uh, behavior. And they probably vetoed the idea of playing Marquette, so uh, which is a shame. It would have been a fun matchup. So, but I, yeah, I think the Georgetown matchup is going to be a fun, fun matchup. I I hope to go to that game. You know, Georgetown's Georgetown's going to be a draw. They're still, I think, a a very well known basketball program, and I think you'll I think you'll get a good good attended game out of it. So, um, tech football this week. There's not really a lot to talk about. Um, I forgot to mention last week, they, they did come out with the over-unders for uh, the C- upcoming season, and Tech is at five, um, five wins. I still think there's enough talent on this team to get yourself to six and six. 
I also look around at the other conference opponents you're playing, and there's just a lot of question marks. I don't think TCU is going to be good. I think West Virginia, this is going to be the end of the Neil Brown experiment, so I think you can beat them. Um, I think you can get a win out of that, you know, either Oklahoma, Texas, or Baylor. I think you can surprise one of those three. Um, you know, so I, I think you could get to six wins. One of the issues Tech is going to have is their non-conference schedule is pretty strong this year. Yeah, you'll get your Murray State win, um, but Houston I think is going to be vastly improved. I think what helps Tech with that game is it's at um, it's going to be at the Jones. I think you I think you pull out that win. Then you got to go to Raleigh and play NC State. That's going to be a tough game, and I think Tech probably loses that. Um, I may change my mind, by the way, when we get to August, and but I think you probably end up going one and two and non, or, or excuse me, uh, two and one in non-conference. Potentially, you could end up at one and two, but I'm leaning right now to two and one, and then I think you can, I think you can find four wins in the Big Twelve. Um, certainly, Kansas, I think, will be a win. I think you do be, I think you do beat TCU. And even though it's in Fort Worth, I think you, I think you can beat, um, certainly, um, I think you could certainly probably beat, um, one of those three teams of the tech, uh, Texas, OU, Baylor. And then I think West Virginia is certainly a win. And I think Iowa state's going to be in rebuilding mode, even though you got to go play at Jack Tri stadium, which tech has not looked very good up there. I think you could get a win up there. So I think six wins is doable, um, but I think five is a very fair assessment. But I, I would probably take the over and, and pick six or at this point. So, but you know, we'll we'll see as as the as the off season rolls on. I may change my mind, but you know, I, I think Tech would be fine. I am excited about the um, premiere of the brand on ESPN Plus. Um, it's gonna basically it's gonna be like hard knocks for Tech, but with Joey McGuire. I think it'll be fun to watch. So that'll that'll premiere this Tuesday. So tune in to ESPN Plus if you have it. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. And then when we come back, we will get to our listener questions. And welcome back to this edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It's now time for listener questions. And there are uh, really two ways to ask listener questions. Number one is make sure you're following the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter show, which is at the C Carp show. And you can direct message me. You can also reply to the tweet that I send out. Usually I send it out uh, this uh, Saturday afternoon or usually a few hours before I, I, I broadcast, I will send out that tweet. Um, there is also the official TikTok of the Chris Carpenter show that just dropped and it's been a success thus far. Got 71 followers already. Um, and that the name of that TikTok is the Chris Carpenter Show, and I'm I'm going to be dropping some videos throughout the week, um, just giving you my thoughts, giving my opinions uh, about certain sporting events. So um, follow both uh, the official Twitter and the official TikTok. So let's get to our listener questions for this week, and we start with um, Irene from Junction. Do you think Jarrett Culver will still be in the in will still be in the NBA next season? I do think he will still be in the NBA. Um, 
I do think that he probably will be playing in the G League some games and then being brought back up. I don't think he'll be full time in the NBA next season just at this juncture. But I do think he will he will make some NBA game appearances next season. Um, you know, I, I think he really got on a bad team to start with. I think Minnesota was a terrible fit for him. I'm hopeful that Memphis will use him better. We'll see. But I you know, I do think you know, he did get a little bit of time in the playoffs, even not a lot, but he did get in, in the game a few times. That leads me to believe he'll probably, you know, go back and forth from the G League into the NBA. But I do think he'll play some NBA games next season. So good question. Um, Albert from Brady in a three-team tournament, any sport, who would you cheer for and why? And he, the three teams are Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M. So here's how I do the ranking of my sports hate. It is who has done tech wrong the most most recently. And so for a long time, you know, probably between, you know, 2017 and uh, 2019, even going in 2020, um, A&M was top of the list. Um, A&M left the Big 12. A&M in, a non, in non-sports, they also were very um, instrumental in trying to undermine Texas Tech getting a veterinary school, school of veterinary medicine. And so they were number one on my sports eight. Obviously, after the beard debacle, Texas has moved ahead. Oklahoma's been number one over the years, too. You know, when, you know, the Baker Mayfield thing went down, um, you know, Oklahoma's just easy to dislike. Right now, in a three-team tournament, I probably would root for Oklahoma. (laughs) Oklahoma has hurt Tech the least lately. Um, Here's how I'd rank it. Oklahoma and and then A&M and then Texas. I don't want Texas to win at any cost. If it's A&M, well, they'll do their little whoop and, you know, Colt stuff. It'd be annoying, but it wouldn't be as bad as Texas winning. But I'd rather see A&M suffer and lose too. So I'd probably lean towards Oklahoma at this point. So next question, we've got Mary from Navasota. What were the first books you remembered loving? What made you into such an avid reader? So let me answer the second question first. I'm not really sure what made me into such an avid reader. Um, I remember learning how to read first grade. Miss Nyman, she was a good first grade teacher, by the way. And we got to, I remember reading, we read Mortimer Frog and Mr. Fig. And if you've never read Mr. Fig, he was a wild one, that Mr. Fig. (laughs) But that's really what started my uh, reading love was first grade. And then I was really blessed with a good second grade teacher too, Miss Navarro. And she introduced me to like the terrible Mr. Twittermeyer and Freckle Juice. And then she introduced me to my first book series that I got into, which was the Boxcar Children. And I was all about the Boxcar Children in elementary school. In fact, um, I had like the first 19 books. I read all of those. And I had the box, I still have it, the Boxcar Children Cookbook. And where you could cook like all the food that they ate in the boxcar children. So that's my first series I got introduced to. But I really think the the influence of those early elementary school teachers introduced my love of reading. And, um, you know, the stories just appealed to me. And I've just always been an avid reader ever since. There's, you know, 
certain book series I still get into. There's certain books I just read. I like to read a lot. So, but I would credit them, which, which I, you know, certainly I think translates to, uh, it's a really good lesson to any teachers that listen to this podcast that, you know, we, we have the potential to make students either love reading or loathe reading. And, you know, it's an important task. And even as an eighth grade social studies teacher, I have the potential to make kids either like reading or to loathe reading. You know, how do, how do I, how do I address that? Where when they leave my class, they don't hate reading. It's, it's, it's a challenge and it's certainly a challenge. I think more today than it was even when I was in school, because you have, uh, you know, the technology piece to it now. So good question. Next question comes from Greg from a Hubbard, old mother Hubbard lived in a cupboard. <laughs> and he asks, what are your top five sports films of all time? Ooh, that is a really good question because I love a good sports movie and there've been some really good sports movies through the year. Um, so my top five, so I'm going to say number five would be uh, major league. I loved major league. It was a, a really fun. It's probably my favorite baseball movie. That's just purely about baseball. Um, you know, I would probably put number five, major league number four in my sports movies. I would probably put, um, and this one didn't do very well at the box office, but I really enjoyed the movie Blue Chips with uh, Nick Nolte. It's about college basketball and about college basketball recruiting. It, I, it didn't do well at the box office, but I, I, I really think it was a good – it was a really good illustration of college basketball, the recruiting process at the time. So I'd put number four as uh, Blue Chips. Number three – I'm going to I'm going to put the movie put the movie Days of Thunder. I really liked that movie with Tom Cruise. So I probably put no, Days of Thunder at number 3. And if you say, well, race, auto racing is auto sport, well, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Number 2, I'm going to put Rudy Really loved that movie, and I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but that made me actually a little bit root for Notre Dame. So number two would be Rudy. And then number one for me, um, and, and I got biased because I'm from El Paso, but number one for me would be Glory Road. Um, great movie, great story, had everything. So those would be my top five. Probably outside my top five, but really probably my top ten. That was close to get there. Uh, certainly, Field of Dreams, The Sandlot. That's a good one. Um, Mighty Ducks. Loved that movie as well. Um, the Talladega Nights. I would put that in there. Um, Semi Pro. Yeah, Will Ferrell's had some good ones. Cool Runnings. That's another good one that I that if you've never seen it, I would recommend. But we're we're we've we've got some really good sports movies out there that. I would recommend watching. So, all right. Next question is Dustin from Eastland. Why is NASCAR struggling so much lately in TV ratings? What can be done to help the sport? So NASCAR had their high watermark in the 2000s. Certainly, um, you know, to go back to it. 
2001 was when Fox got the um, NASCAR package and you know 2001 all the way I think even probably that entire decade of the 2000s NASCAR was rocking and rolling with the ratings what's causing NASCAR ratings to fall I think they're a little by the way they're a little bit up this year but they're certainly not where they're where they were at in the early 2000s um, so I think a couple things have NASCAR has done that's that they've made some mistakes uh, number one I think experimenting with the car and making all of the cars a cookie cutter version of of themselves you have a lot less differentiation between the Fords, the Toyotas, the Chevys, um, and then when you had Dodge, Dodge got out of it. Um, I think that's hurt it a little bit. I think taking some of the tracks away from some of your uh, southern southern tracks has hurt it. They they they've moved they've moved away from that. And I think that's helped. Um, NASCAR tried to do some really cutesy type stuff to try and get ratings to go up. And I think what it did is it alienated some of their hardcore fans. I'm I'm still not a fan of this stage racing stuff. I don't – I think that was just bizarre. I think the chase making it like this bracket type stuff, I don't know if I'm still a big fan of it. It's growing on me, but, you know, again, I think NASCAR tried to do things to make themselves more mainstream, and what they did is they alienated their core fan base. You know, country music does the same thing all the time, too, by the way. Now, what would I do to fix some NAS- fix NASCAR? Um, so I'm really happy about the way that they've done the schedule as of late. You know, they've added added in some new tracks, they revamp they you know Fontana California did not need two NASCAR events um you know Atlanta there were some struggles with Atlanta I don't think they needed necessarily two um NASCAR events I like that they've added some more road courses I've liked that they've added some you know they've moved the all-star race around um to Texas I would I would make the all-star race rotate though you know t- bring it to can you imagine this? All-Star Racing at Bristol. All-Star Racing at Martinsville. You know, rotate that around. I would also rotate around the playoff spots, you know. And especially the last race of the year. You know, it's at Phoenix now. It was at Homestead before. But make that last championship race rotate around. Make it make it more of a challenge, you know. I... Um, one thing that they did, and it was really more of out of necessity during the COVID pandemic, was NASCAR ended up having races not only on Sundays, but midweek. They had some midweek, like Wednesday night races. I would love for NASCAR to do that again during the summer. You know, um, have some midweek races like Wednesday nights. You don't have a lot of competition, especially once the NBA is done. You've got Major League Baseball games, which are hard to find. But, you know, do like some Wednesday night races. Do some fun, like, how about, how about a Friday night cup race? I think that would be really interesting to do and experiment with. Um, give the car designers and the teams a little bit more leeway to experiment. They don't get to experiment as much anymore. 
Um, and then embrace who your core fan base is. Don't run away from your core fan base. Um, and I think, you know, NASCAR's never going to get to, I don't think they're ever going to get back to where they were in the early 2000s, but I think you can build a respectable set of ratings where, you know, you're competing with Major League Baseball, certainly, and, and I think certainly the NBA you can compete with. So that's what I would do if I was the president or commissioner of NASCAR. All right, Rusty from Shamrock. I wonder if it's Rusty Shackelford. What are your favorite board games? So I'm going to lump card games in with the board games because I think they're all, those are games. So I like poker. I like Uno. As far as board games, I enjoy Monopoly. I enjoy Clue. Clue is a fun game. You know, those would be the games that I, I would uh, kind of default to. Um, apples to Apples is also fun as well. Trivial Pursuit. Those are those are fun games as well. So good question. Next question is Callie from Dalhart. Have you ever boycotted an actor? Are there actors you refuse to support their films? So I don't know if there's necessarily an actor that I refuse to support. And most actors and actresses don't uh, agree with me um, politically. I'll just be honest with you. Um, but there's never one that I'm like, oh, I can't stand that actor so much. Like Alec Baldwin would be one. I can't stand him, you know, personally and politically. But I've never like seen a movie where it's like, oh, Alec Baldwin's in it, so I'm not going to go see it. There's not a lot of Alec Baldwin movies I see, but I think most of the time it's because it just the movie itself doesn't appeal to me. Um, you know, same with like Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, I there's a lot of movies I like of his. Susan Sarandon, there's not a lot of movies I've seen of her that I'm like, oh, I love that movie. And I don't think it's because of her. It's more of just that's just not the style of movie that I like. Probably the closest as far as boycotts <laughs> that I, I would get to is um, Jane Fonda. I'm not a fan of, you know, Hanoi Jane. And then Rosie O'Donnell, I just can't stand her. Um, but again, she hasn't done like the movies. What has she done lately as far as movies? She hasn't done anything. But, you know, I just I can't stand her. And when she's on like she likes to be on like some of those celebrity game shows, I got to flip the channel. And it's not, you know, it's just there's a lot with her. Uh, you know, that I just, I can't stand her. So I guess that would be the closest to a boycott that I, that I've taken, you know, with, with, with us, with an actor. So I typically, I don't take into account, and this is true of musicians too. Um, I don't take into account an actor or a singer's political preferences when I listen to them or when I watch a show. If it entertains me, that's that's what I factor in. So, all right, a uh, few more questions. Jerry from Kermit, home of the Yellow Jackets, which is better, summer or winter Olympics? That's an easy one. It's the it's the summer games. I'm not. I don't get into the winter games that much. But yeah, definitely the summer games. The swimming, fun. Uh, diving, fun. The the basketball, volleyball, fun. I can't get into the winter games as much. All right, uh, Zane from Alpine. How many Super Bowl winning quarterbacks played college at the University of Texas? Well, that's an easy one, zero. 
That's not even that's not even close. Now, how many Super Bowl winning uh, college quarterbacks played at Texas Tech? We got one, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. So, all right, a um, couple more questions. We've got Kevin from Laredo, policeman, fireman, EMS. Which job do you take for the rest of your life? I don't know if I could do any of those three um, jobs. Maybe EMS would be the closest, but, you know, and really credit the people, the the responders that we have because it's dangerous jobs. Um, it's, I mean, I can't imagine, even like an EMS, um, someone in the ambulance, EMS, what you've got to deal with on a day-to-day basis. I don't think I could handle that. And, you know, you're putting your life on the line every day. I, I can't, you know, credit them. And that's why it makes me really mad when uh, people want to bash our first responders, especially when they're, they have no idea what they have to go through. So I think by default EMS, but I don't even think by then, I don't even think I could do that, um, that job. So, um, last one, IHOP or Denny's. I, I would probably lean IHOP, but I would say neither. I would, there's other breakfast places better than those two, uh, Waffle House for one, but, uh, or I can make my own like eggs and, you know, breakfast dishes. Um, but I guess by default, IHOP would probably be the one I would pick. So anyway, good questions this week. Um, again, if you have any questions that you want me to answer, you need to follow the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter show, which is at the C carp show. And then also follow the official TikTok of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is The Chris Carpenter Show. All right, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, I will get to The Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And welcome back to The Chris Carpenter Show. It's now time for The Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And this uh, week's tip is going to deal with meal delivery services. I got a recommendation for one that is very user-friendly and it's actually very reasonably priced. So I live by myself and I don't like to eat out a lot. I really don't honestly eat out that much. Um, But, you know, it can be a little complicated making like good quality dinners when you're eating by yourself, just you. And I found this service dinnerly a couple years ago and I've been using them over the last couple of years, and it was really beneficial, especially during the pandemic. Um, but they're a really great service. They're actually pretty reasonably priced. And I, one thing I really do like about them is you can ch- pick and choose which weeks you want to have um, your food delivered. Because there are some weeks that you know I, I'm, I'm busy and or I've got other commitments, and I don't need to have my food delivered that week. And so you can pick and choose and you can pick from a lot of different meals. Um, you know, like this week they had a, like a tilapia meal that I had really good. They had, uh, like a pancake mix meal, um, this week. They always have a lot of chicken dishes and beef dishes. And so you can, uh, pork dishes. And so you can pick a bunch of different proteins and they'll, you know, deliver that for you. They have the right portions. There's not a lot of other stuff that you have to get with it. 
And so um, that would be my recommendation. There's some other good ones as well. I know like HelloFresh is pretty solid. Um, like I said, dinnerly for me, I thought I liked the variety. I liked the fact that you could be flexible in delivery. And I thought the price was very reasonable, um, you know, but that would be my recommendation, you know, especially if you live by yourself, you know, it gets tiring and it's obviously the most healthy in the world to go out to eat all the time. But, you know, I, I think getting a something like dinnerly and like I said, you know, I've had their tilapia is really, really good and they've had some really good fish dishes. Um, so that would be my recommendation. So look, look into it, uh, dinnerly.com. But like I said, there's some other meal delivery services that you can use as well, but very convenient, especially if you live uh, alone or you're, you're eating for one. So, all right. I, I do have a quick uh, announcement about kind of, kind of what the plan is going to be. And as we get into the summer and, um, like I said earlier in this podcast, um, Summer for me is going to officially start. We Our last day with students is Wednesday. Thursday is a teacher work day, and then it will be kind of summer. Um, and I am going to be doing summer school this year. That'll start back up on June the 6th. Um, and But it's a very, very short amount. It's like 12 days, basically. So here's my plan for the summer. I'm still going to record um, the normal podcast on either Saturday or Sunday, depending on tech sports schedule, especially as we get into the postseason. I'm also going to throw in some bonus midweek episodes that I'm going to drop on Wednesdays. And these bonus midweek episodes are not going to be sports related. Um, They're going to be some weeks I might review a movie, might review – these are going to be a lot shorter podcasts, but – um, I'm going to review a movie, I might review TV show, I might have some kind of, you know, here's entertainment news and notes, might do a little bit, of, we might throw back in a little bit of wrestling. I even may tinker with doing some interviews uh, with people. Um, so look out for those. I'm going to call those kind of midweek madness podcasts. And so throughout the summer, I'll drop some midweek madness podcasts um, into my feed. So just another, just another uh, opportunity to listen. Um, those are going to be pretty short and sweet podcasts, but I thought I'd experiment with, with those since I'm going to have a little bit of extra time, um, with the summer being here, but look forward uh, to talking with y'all next week. Again, follow the official Twitter at the C carp show, follow the official TikTok, the Chris Carpenter show, And I will see you next week on The Chris Carpenter Show.